Hi, everyone, and welcome. We're going to be going through a series of, of learning sessions together about Hanukkah. Now, Hanukkah is a festival we all know and love in different ways. But what I want to show is something remarkable that we're going to see through the eyes of the ancient rabbinic world. That is, Hanukkah touches literally everything from the first day of creation all the way through to the end of history. And it touches every single day and pretty much every experience of our lives. That may sound very radical, but what I want to do in this first year of this first learning session is to show how the rabbis, how the rabbis of antiquity, Chazal, what we call the, the, the ancient rabbis of 2000 to 1500 years ago, how they show us all of that. See, on the simple level, it's, there was a military conflict. We were in severe danger. Hashem saved us. It was miraculous. We celebrate, which is true, but that's not why the rabbis fixed it. Because there were other times also when we were in danger and got saved. They fixed it because they perceived within it something that taps into the fabric of all of existence and all of creation. You see, when I say by the, the word rabbis, I mean what we call in Hebrew chazal, chachamein, zichron, and avrocha, are wise people of blessed memory. This refers to the rabbis roughly 2,000 to 1,500 years ago, the rabbis of Mishnah, of Talmud, the first to be writing down, uh, putting into writing things that were contained in the oral traditions that had been earlier. And this is specifically because Israel's losing its autonomy. We're talking about the era, Greek and post-Greek, really, the Roman era, losing autonomy, losing, and, and we're going to lose the tradition and stuff starts to be written down. And in their writings, they perceive very, very deep unity. And they leave lots of little hints as to how to thread together uh, this sort of, uh, weave everything together and, and build a beautiful oneness and tapestry. And Hanukkah for them, like other Jewish festivals, become, it's like the whole of Torah, the whole of, of the wisdom of Judaism is integrated into one. And you can, we can't see the whole thing, but we can look through various portals. And if we look, they, sh they shed light on absolutely everything. And Hanukkah is surprisingly like that. It sheds light literally flowing from the beginning, from the first moments of creation to the end. And the light that shines through Hanukkah illuminates all of that. And so it has messages that speak to you and me and everybody in every moment of life. And that may sound exaggerated, but as we go together on this journey, hopefully we'll see what's going on. Now, when we open Hanukkah through the rabbinic, ancient rabbinic prism, we want to look for reference points. And they, in fact, trace it all the way through, literally back to the first day of creation. What happens in the first day of creation is that the world is there in the beginning of God's creation of heaven and earth, that the world goes through four phases of darkness, right? First describes the world as going through toihu, a phase of chaos, voihu, emptiness, choshech, darkness, al tohoyim, on the face of the abyss, a great long depth. The spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters, and God says, let there be light, and there's light. Then he separates the light and darkness. He calls light day and darkness night, which means our day and night are echoes of their original light and darkness, the primal light and darkness. Every day we kind of go through that cycle on some level. It's evening and morning, or literally the Hebrew word for evening actually is chaos, eruv, that which mixes things together, boker, levaker, to clarify. Yom Echad is, is day one. And you can see if you read all the commentaries on the first day. What I want to bring out is something in the Medrash, the ancient rabbinic commentaries of the, that kind of tie together, not the legal material, halachic material, but the conceptual material, the philosophical material, the homiletical material. And they see in this a primal pattern that everything in this world goes through four phases of darkness before we discover the spirit of God that's hovering and before we bring out light. And you can look it up for yourself in the Medrash Barajas Rabbah and other places. So for example, in our own life, we'll typically experience darkness this way. So the toyu, the chaos, is that moment where we're thrown off balance. You know, somebody tells us a relationship might be over or a loved one 
might be very sick or might be about to die or a job has just gone or we hear some news that we don't know how to cope with and there's that the brain just likes whirring and denying it and it's not true that chaotic moment of instability but a part of us is denying it or thinking we can solve it or it's gonna it's not really what it is and then comes that moment where we realize it, it actually is and there's that kind of sickening sensation of that emptiness our brain empties out our emotions empty out our stomach that pit of the stomach feeling of this emptiness and emptiness can strike in other ways too. It can be the sense of meaninglessness, we give up on life, whatever it may be. But the thought then at that moment is, okay, but I know I'm going to find a way forward. Let me look for the way forward over here, right? And then comes the darkness, that chayshach, that deep darkness that says, I don't see the way forward here. It's gone from the chaos at the beginning to kind of a sense of, I don't even know how to walk out of this chaos. I don't even know how to get out of this emptiness. I don't even know if this way is going to get me there or that way. It's like, I'm, I'm in a chaotic, I got dumped in the middle of nowhere, right? In the middle of a field somewhere. That's like this, this chaotic sense. I thought, can I get back in the car? No, it's gone. There's, oh my goodness, that emptiness. But I know where to go, right? And suddenly the darkness falls and I don't even know where to walk anymore. But the good news is it's all temporary. We're going to get out of this. I'll wait a few hours. Someone will give me a torch, you know, a flashlight. It'll be the morning. And then suddenly comes a sense of actually this tahoe this great long abyss. It's going to be for a very, very long time. Even if the sun rises, I still won't know where I am. The batteries died on the phone. I can't navigate. I don't know. And, and all this thing that's over is really over. And I'm not going to figure out a way to bring it back for a very long time. That's on the personal level. And that's not true on the personal level. Like the Midrashim say that it's actually true on the bigger national level of history. See, first the Jewish people are in the land and we got the temple. And it's going to be a matter of time before God's revelation will permeate the entire world. Okay, then things go wrong, but it's going to be okay. And suddenly comes the toyo, the chaos. The Syrian followed by Babylonian Empire enters and starts exiling different tribes of the Jewish people. And we're thrown off balance and, and, and we're not sure what's going to be. And in fact, they come with full-blown destruction of the temple. And it's, oh my goodness, everything we thought we could ever lean on is gone. And, and the leadership and the majority of people are exiled into Babylon. And this is, whoa, the chaotic process in the, in the culture of Babylon that literally rips away central points of existence. And in that exile where, where we're like, surely this is just a quick temporary thing, comes this huge deep emptiness as kind of the inner soul of the Jewish people is gone as the Persian Empire takes over and, and, and kind of pumps the culture with literally meaninglessness. And can you just go for materialism and, and the great feasts of, of, of kings celebrating the destruction of the temple that will never be rebuilt and we think our calculation of 70 years is gone and, and is wrong. And, and in that middle of that chaotic void, that empty civilization, this is where the Purim story takes place, we actually return to the land of Israel and we think, okay, so we've got a way forward. We can rebuild the temple and it's all going to be great. And, and we kind of, yes, we, it doesn't, the second temple doesn't feel like the first temple and we're missing the majority of the people, but at least we kind of know the way forward. And then we get taken over by Greek civilization. And that point the rabbis say is darkness. Now that seems surprising because you think of all cultures in the world, the wrong metaphor to use for the Greeks is darkness. Surely, I mean, they brought philosophy and mathematics and literature. I mean, there's so much stuff they brought to the world, right? They were enlightened civilization. And that's not, by the way, just, just kind of uh, a secular way of thinking about it. The rabbis themselves do see some very positive things in Greece, which we'll be able to talk about hopefully in future uh, uh, talks, in future uh, shiurim, in future little episodes as we explore the story. But the rabbis say to us what was dark was, and this is the line they use, they wrote, Kisvelechem al-Keren Ashar, they instructed us to write for ourselves on the horn of an ox. We have no portion of the God of Israel. And we have to explain what that means, what's going on over there. And then, just as we think, okay, we got through the Greek episode, right? We got through this darkness with Hanukkah 
And Hanukkah was actually a miracle that involved light, so that's an antidote to darkness. All these we'll have to explore and see. Comes the time, the great long abyss, as we transfer, transition into the long exile, becomes the Roman exile and the exile of inter-Roman lands in Europe and, and Ishmaelite lands in, in, in Arabia and North Africa. And we stay in this exile for a very, very, very long time. And it seems like this, we're never, ever, ever going to get out of this one. And it's then that the Ruach HaLakim that the Spirit of God hovers over the face of the waters. And just like in our own personal lives, if we go through this long chaos, it's that point where we're about to give up. And we say, I can't, I don't have to get out of any of this. That's the point when actually, paradoxically, as long as we can still hold on to the fact there may be hope, we just don't know how to generate it. That we're able to say, okay, God, I'm going to stop trying to control the outcome of all this. I'm going to lean into you and hear the voice of God hovering in the background, somewhere behind all this that I don't know how to get out of, that we don't know how to get out of collectively, is your spirit. That, says the rabbis, is the spirit of Mashiach. The messianic spirit, that hope in Mashiach is actually something very deep and profound. It's not just, oh, I believe there's going to be a miracle zapping us save the day. As we're going to learn, there's something much more profound than that because it does involve our effort and, and, and work. But it's the sense of, I can't see where to thread the next thread, meaning I don't know how to bring this tapestry to perfection, but I believe that God does. And so God, I'm going to stop trying to run history right now. I'm going to ask you, where do you want me to thread the next thread? And paradoxically and shockingly and surprisingly, both in our personal life and national life, when that attitude we bring about, it leads to Yihar, the light that is the whole of the darkness of the world itself turning into light. And this, say the rabbis, pivotal to this journey is the Hanukkah story. Because although the longer bis is really the, the challenge of thousands of years of exile, it was preceded by a choshech, a darkness that sits on the face of that abyss. And therefore, the lesson of the Hanukkah story, Yehiyar, of bringing light, is actually the lesson that if we learn it deeply enough, powers us through any personal darkness that we go through and the long history of the Jewish people that we go through. It's that light that starts to shine and illuminate that in the long run transfers all the darkness, transforms all the darkness into light. And the light of Hanukkah, its little miracle, turns out to be the light that changes the whole of history. Because as we hold on to that light year after year, and we slowly imbue and internalize its messages, we transform ourselves from people who travel through darkness and the abyss and all the chaos and void into the people whose actions actually become the great story of history and whose actions that we think make no difference whatsoever are the actions of light that bring history to its perfection. And this is why uh, there's an amazing commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. Um, the Shulchan Aruch is the main body of Jewish law about 500 years ago. And on this little commentary on Ataras Akanim, it quotes an ancient Medrash, and we've lost this. We've lost many, many ancient rabbinic works down the ages. But one of them quotes, he quotes the following in the laws of Hanukkah. He says that actually there's, a, there's an ancient teaching that says in the very future of the world, there'll come a point where the world is so light that lots of the festivals will be gone. We're kind of transferring into a world where all the energy and spiritual dimensions that the festivals, Pesach, Sukkot, all these Jewish Sukkot and Shavuot, all these Jewish festivals give us, gone, we're kind of on those levels all the time, but there'll be certain festivals who are still there because their message is a message that transitions into the future world. And we normally learn in, in rabbinic sources about Yom Kippur, the holiness of this day when we're almost like angel, Purim, paradoxically, we have to talk about maybe a series when we get near Purim, how somehow that, the, the, where everything seemed hopeless and turned out for the good, somehow that's already to do with the world to come. But it also adds Hanukkah. That's unique to this Medrash, this ancient source that's only there 
in that one source on the commentary on the Shulchan Aruch. But we can begin to hear how that might be. So Hanukkah is not just the story of we were in trouble, we got saved, let's thank Hashem. Hanukkah is a story of somehow touching the light of the first day of creation, a light that shone on every single day in the temple when they lit the menorah, a light that is there in so many of the biblical stories, and a light that is there every single day in the challenges you and I face, and the light that becomes who we are. We become the light of Hanukkah when we learn its lesson every year, and it becomes a part of our daily interaction in the world to come. It actually, it actually becomes a part in our daily lives, in our relationship with God, but it also becomes in the long run the actions that we do that will shine, transforming all the darkness of the world into light. So this is a little introduction into the series we're going to learn through together. Hopefully it'll be a fascinating journey. I'm learning these texts and going through it all now, and it's, it's absolutely transformative, and I hope it will be for you too, and look forward to see you in the next episode.